We did it. Toy like a toy gun. Toy like a toy gun. To make sure this is my. My iPad has not been left behind. It's literally right in front of me. Gosh. It's like no, wait, wait. You're too far away. It's like wait. You're wait. not touching it. You left me behind. <laughs> On the table. Okay. Silly little iPad. So dramatic. Oh gosh. Let's get all situated here. They were situated. Not that. I want that. Oh, yeah. I knew I had a note, but I Do we have those. Do we have another one? Oh, I'm so Oh, sorry. I don't know. I don't know, actually. Oh, know. Okay, welcome to Conversations in Comfy Pants. I'm Clara. And I'm Alex. Alex, you sang it that time. We must be doing better. I am doing so time. much better. I, it is not the cranky Alex. Yay. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm back. <laughs> I'm here. I'm, <laughs> birds are chirping. The birds it's are a chirping. Beautiful day. Oh, girl. It's got to the 70s. It's got to the 70s. Did you see, though, that on Monday there's snowflakes in the forecast, which is completely insane? Of course. Of course there is. Because why not? Why not? It's April. Because Anything we live goes. in North Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it probably snows in North Dakota. Probably more. Probably. I or mean, it does. Desert. We live I'm there. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I am sure. <laughs> I remember from this year. Yeah. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Living the dream. Living the dream. We're in a different spot. We have moved. In my house today. Locations. And it's, I don't know if I'm comfortable with it. No, it's different. It's We're different. We're much closer to each other than we, we are. normally are. Yeah, and I'm like looking directly into your garage. Oh, yeah. Like that's. Well, now I'm not. <laughs> well, Penny will just meow, stare at it and meow if it's not open a little bit. That's so. true. That's true. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm gonna, it's, it's a cat. different location, it's a different, yeah, like... we're in my, like, dining area. We're in the dining space, usually using I, the same table we normally same use. Same table, but I usually drag it in the living room. I'm not sure. I do like it in there better. Yeah, and we're normally on complete opposite. Yeah. I feel too close. I feel really close. <laughs> Hopefully we're not just, like, echoing off each other. Oh, I think because we changed it, it might... Okay, maybe that's why maybe they that's... have that setting. Yeah, so that people so that can sit. Happen. People can sit close. People can sit normal distance away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not be a million like our miles. Eye contact is too deep. Though. I know. I'm like, oh hello. Oh, um, shush. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. You got anything interesting and fun to? Well, to notes app today. I, I don't have a darn thing. I did write something down a few days ago, and I had forgotten, and it's kind of funny. So, Nancy Brophy, a self-published romance novelist who wrote a book called "How to Murder Your Husband," okay, goes on trial for murdering her husband. <laughs> Apparently, the last chapter of the book was not how to get away with murdering your husband because... She did not write the follow-up. She should have written that part. Mm -hmm. And then maybe she would have gotten away with it, but I don't know. That's all I read. Uh, Self-published romance novelist, I feel like is... I feel like... Something. Yeah. I don't know what. sure what either, but yeah. But I know it's hard to get like a book published. So if you want like something published, you have to like... Work hard. Work hard at it. <laughs> or you can just do it yourself because you know what? Anybody can do anything themselves. Look it up. That's true. That's We're true. podcasting. That's true. All you have to do is buy a mic. All you got to do is buy a mic, plug it into a computer, and boom, it's baby. It's really simple. You're podcasting. <laughs> and you're doing it. can make up facts like we do. Yeah. 
have to tell the truth. We're not a truth-based pod. stop referencing me and your college papers and you'll be fine. Yeah. We are not a source. No, I'm not a source. Of information. I barely use sources. I make them up. Yeah. Sometimes I make up what I'm saying. Most of the time. Most of the time. I listen back and I'm like, that's not even what I meant to say. Yeah. Like I said the completely wrong word. <laughs> I, I commit to whatever I'm saying. Oh, I'd never correct it later. Wh- no, no. Wait a minute. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to talk about the Nicholas Flamel incident? Oh, no. I mean, okay. just like, so, oh. like one time, I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, I said, like, California instead of cauliflower or something like that. <laughs> I was like, well... I mean, hopefully Those people don't listen that close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. You didn't notice either, so. Yeah. Oh, I was talking to, I'm going to totally out her on the podcast Ooh. right now. Uh, I was talking to Dee. Uh-huh. And she was saying, she texted me and she goes, she goes, 3-6 Mafia did win an Oscar oh, about perfect. last week's episode. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know. We like confirmed it at the very end of the episode. <laughs> and she goes, oh, I must have turned it off oh, by then. I didn't I'm like, you that. didn't listen to the I end? I kind of wish our stats said like what parts of the episode people yeah. listen to. Yeah. Do people just listen to the first like minute and then they go, no, no. They're like, oh, never mind. Or do they skip on this day? Mm. Or do they even like on this day? I don't know. Do you guys like it? We'll never know. Raise your hand. Sometimes when I'm bored Raise your at hand work, if you like it. I'll just do them because it turns out you know what day a Tuesday is going to be on mm-hmm. if, you, if you look at a calendar. I am known. So a Gregorian days, calendar, yes, mind you. Right, specifically Gregorian. So sometimes I'll just do them a few weeks in advance. I mean, why not? So don't tell us now. No. I have a few lined up. Tell us in a few weeks. Tell us. Yeah, we'll take a poll in a couple but weeks. then I'll have done more probably. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, let's see. What are we doing? It's oh, do you have any Easter plans? Well, I'll be in San Diego. Oh, you'll be in San Diego. Oh, that's yeah. right. So we both have vacay. Yeah, we got vacays up. coming up. So we won't be. There will be no no episode for I think like two weeks. There will be one more next week. Yeah, there'll be one more next week. With special guest, which I gotta get snap Tui on that one. <laughs> got a full week i got a i got a full like few days um <laughs> with a special guest special guest um and then i won't be there i won't either and the then two, i'll be back the following two weeks the fall, so the following two weeks we won't have one yeah so we'll be back in may may it's gonna it's be may gonna be may uh great so that's exciting San Diego, the weather's San supposed Diego. to be nice. Uh, I mean, you know, it's San Diego. Is the weather it's ever not nice? nice? Yeah. No, um, I think it's supposed to be like in the high 60s-ish. Great. Very excited. You um, don't want to go too hot. We've been living in 40s. No, I don't like hot. You don't want no, too no, big no. of a, a jump or you'll I, be uncomfortable. I don't like too hot in general. I mean, like 75 is perfect. Oh, yeah. 75 is mean, great. I'd even go up to 85 mm, myself. It's pushing it at 80. Sure. That's fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I also like the cold. Yeah, I don't. I love to be cold. Yeah. Like my bedroom last night when I got when I went to bed. Mm-hmm. Freezing cold. Perfect. <laughs> it was lovely. <laughs> got all the blankies, like up. Oh, I got snuggles. Got snuggled in. Bagheera even came in and cuddled <laughs> a little bit, and then he got you. He was over it very quickly. Yeah. I but. have an electric blanket, which I do love. 
it also makes me very hot sometimes. Maybe that's mm, the problem. That could be it. It's hard to know if what temperature I need to turn it up to. That's true. Because then you, like, get too hot. I always get hot in the middle of the night. Yeah. Same. Well, there you have it. <laughs> now you know our sleeping habits. <laughs> but in the summer, I take it off. But it's not quite time to take it off. But it's almost time to not turn it on mm-hmm. in the night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I know what you mean. Yeah. So that's interesting. <laughs> So since we've just talked about sleeping, uh, what are we doing today? I don't know. That's the thing. We I don't, don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. It's we like surprise. we did not talk. We it's potpourri month. It's a potpourri, and we potpourri. Di- we didn't plan it out. We didn't tell each other what we're doing. We planned like, it intentionally, but not, not with each other. Yeah. yeah, we intentionally were like, let's not tell each other. Yeah, and then we'll figure it out. Uh, As we go. I, I, I want to know what you did. I want to know what you did. <laughs> well, you go. Tell me. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay, mine is actually pretty short. Okay, mine's long. So it'll it'll be done really quickly. I am doing the origins of the parental advisory sticker. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, so it all started with the Parents Music Resource Center, also known as the PMRC. Perm. Perm. Uh, was an American committee formed in 1985 with the stated goal of increasing parental control over the access of children to music that they deemed violent, drug-related, or sexual themes via labeling them with a parental advisory sticker. We all know the sticker. Oh, yeah. It's the black and white sticker. It's just parental advisory, explicit content. Yeah. so the committee was formed by four women known as the Washington Wives. Uh oh. <laughs> um, because all, all up in everybody's business. You know all that. of their husbands had connections to Washington D.C. Okay, but they didn't like live there. Well, they did. Okay. So we had a uh, Tipper Gore. Tipper. I hardly know her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she done tippered Tipper. over. She didn't even do anything. Yeah, I'm not going to tip her. <laughs> my fries were cold and I had no ice in my water. <laughs> tip her. Sort of, she's not even standing up. What, a, <laughs> what sort a of a great name it turns I, out. Tip her. <laughs> okay, tip her so Gore, sorry. who was the wife of uh, Vice President Al Gore. Oh, yeah, I've heard, heard of him. him. He invented the internet. Yeah, an inconvenient truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. This he world. invented the internet and global warming. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Susan Baker, who was the wife of the Treasury Secretary. Uh, Pam Hauer, wife of a Washington realtor uh, oh. named Raymond Hauer. There's not that many houses in Washington. Uh, I know. I mean. Yeah. Are there any Maybe I think corporate. so. No, there is. There is some houses. In, some. There are people that live in Washington, D.C. Because hmm. they're trying to become a state. Oh, that's right. Probably. But I think some... the whole like intent of Washington, D.C. was that it wasn't a state. Yeah. It's a... Not a it's a district. A district, thank you. The District of Columbia. I'm just a bill. Uh, and Sally Nevis, Nevius, a wife of the former Washington City Council chairman. So, a method of combating this problem, uh, the the alleged problem. Do of, they even have children? Any of these? They do. Okay, they have children. Um, so they're like, the music's getting too racy, oh, too risky. With the F's and the S's. the F's and the meh. Um, so they suggest They're dropping down too low. <laughs> they need to pick it back up. They're going to hurt their back. Seriously. Um, 
self-hazard. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I might be able to drop it, but I won't be able to get back up. Yeah, I'm down for the count. (laughs) I'm down. Uh, So they suggested a voluntary move by the Recording Recording Institute. Okay. The RIAA. Yeah. um, And the rest of the music industry to develop music labeling in the form of a rating system similar to the film rating system. So you know, got G, PG... PG thirteen. Thank you. R. R. And then NC seventeen. Yeah. Um. <laughs> just so you know what they are. I. I you know what I do. Have I you seen movies? <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. It's a fair question. Fair. I mean, I I'm not. I'm not off base. <laughs> uh, so they wanted to do something similar like that. Okay, that makes sense. Though. So they wanted. Um, so according to an article in the Washington Post. Um, their suggestions were printing warnings and the lyrics on the album covers, which <laughs> is that kind of counterintuitive. And also, there's not a lot of space. You won't be able to read it. It's like saying this movie's rated R and then having Spoiling the naked the woman on it. Yeah. For why it's rated R. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. If a kid can read, then they see why it's rated and what, what age Not do kids learn how to read? Young. Okay. Super young. I think like uh, five. Probably. You're probably right. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> we'll bring in an expert my, next week. I know if you can read. And he could be six. But he was five <laughs> when he could read. He might be six. TBD. We're not <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> I just watched his play today. It was so good. Oh. He's, he's, a star. he's a star. He's a star. He's going to be a star. Uh, so forcing the record stores to put the albums with explicit covers under the counter. Oh, see, that makes sense then. So nobody could see it, but you have to like ask for it. It'd be like, hey, you got that. You got that. Good, you got that good, good stuff. Uh, and then pressuring television stations, a.k.a. MTV, um, oh. to not broadcast uh, explicit songs or videos. Sure. Which would reassess and oh, and also to reassess the contracts of musicians who performed violent, violently or sexually in concert, and creating a panel to set industry standards. I feel like this all kind of makes sense if you're going along with. They already have this for movies. Yeah. Why not music? It makes sense. I mean, I personally am not a huge fan of the, you know, reassessing contracts of musicians who, like, have, this is their creative outlet. Sure. Stifling of the creativity. Not a fan. Yeah, stifling Um, it. Right? They're just saying that. Controlling it. Kids can't listen to it. Yeah. That's basically it. Am I misunderstanding? No, you're not. Okay. But they want to keep it away from children. Sure. Uh, So, but instead of issuing... um, like the general PG, yeah. What I the whole list I just went yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that everyone knows. That everybody knows. I swear, there's like one for like younger than under G. Under G. Oh, F. F is for friends who do stuff together. Uh-oh. No. <laughs> U is for you and me. N is for anytime, anywhere, under oh, the deep blue sea. It's supposed to spell out fun. It's a SpongeBob song. Okay, it's you not spell so- any wrong. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I didn't. SpongeBob. SpongeBob did. You know what? That's pretty good for a sponge. I mean, name Bob. If I'm being honest. And he's square. 
supersedes known square. And Penny has her feet straight up in the air. Oh, that's my favorite. It's so adorable. <laughs> like straight up in the air. Okay, back to talking about okay, music. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so they suggested content-based ratings. Okay. So like if they had profane or sexually explicit lyrics, it'd be X. Okay. If it was, if they had occult references, because remember this was in the time of the Satanic Panic, which yeah didn't exist. Okay. Uh, o for occult references. Sure. Uh, D slash A for lyrics about drugs and alcohol. Sure, makes sense. So Jaquan's tipsy. Everybody not in this club getting tips. Everybody <laughs> over seventeen getting tipsy. Exactly. Not. That's still Probably not. not. That's okay. still not okay. That's still too young. Yeah. And V for violent content. Okay. So, uh, one of the actions taken by the PMRC was compiling a list of 15 songs in popular music at the time that, like, fit into their, like, these are not, okay. this is what our children are listening what to. What year is this? Cause 1985. Oh, 85. It wasn't 85. even bad yet. <laughs> it, no, it was not. What, Jesse's Girl is too offensive for you? <laughs> um, so, the list is known as the Filthy 15. <laughs> And, and it's, it's like one of my favorite lists. <laughs> what everyone wants to listen to. It's like, can we get that list? And uh, let me tell you, I have them right here. Okay, let's so, we're it on our next dip night playlist. Yeah, it's, a, it's the next dip miss play, playlist, yeah. everybody. Um, so this one was actually the reason why the PMRC was founded okay, because so the worst one. Tipper Gore was her eleven-year-old daughter had bought this album oh. and was listening to it. And came to this song specifically. Okay. So excited. And it set Tipper off to create this whole thing as okay. a spiral. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, gosh. It is called Darling Nikki. Oh. By my boy, <laughs> Prince. Oh. <laughs> uh, is it bad? I don't know that one off the It top. is uh, profane or sexually explicit. But like in today's standards, would you uh, say? I, yeah. It's a little... It's not terrible. I mean, I've heard worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is... Okay. It definitely falls into I'll the sexually explicit. Okay, sure. Um, trying to keep this, like... High level. PG. Trying to keep it PG for the children. Yeah, the children that listen. <laughs> that listen. Uh, the next one is Judas Priest, okay. Eat Me Alive. Okay. Which is uh, also profane or sexually explicit. Sure. Uh, Motley Crue, mm-hmm. Bastard. Well. Wow. Uh, rating for Violent. Huh. Uh, Sheena Easton, Sugar Walls, Profane or Sexually Explicit. Okay. And it's exactly what you probably think it is. Sugar Walls, yeah. Yeah. I've got to guess. Think about it. I do. I it's the, it's that. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> um, uh, WASP. WASP. Which, which stands for We Are Sexual Predators. <laughs> Not oh, joking. No. <laughs> That's not the, joking. That's the band. That's name? the band name. Oh, somebody arrest them. Uh, they, yeah, they're basically did saying they we get did arrested? it. No, but I hold on. I need to vary. I swear. <laughs> I need a whole and like forty-five minutes on them. Yeah, on Wasp. Uh, yes, they are a heavy metal band. Oh no. And and they're sexual predators. And they are. Oh no. So there's been many, yeah. No, we are sexual perverts. 
Not better. Not better. <laughs> Not better. Um, so yeah, uh, their song called "Animal" for being profane or sexually explicit. Is that the Discovery Channel one? No, no that one later. came in the nineties. Yeah, men's. Uh, Merciful Fate, Into the Coven. Best, but you can't guess what this one's rated for. Oh, occult. The occult. Yes. Uh, Vanity, Strap on Robbie Baby. Again, exactly what you think it is. Robbie's a strap on. Yeah. Okay. Profane or sexually explicit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's a weird thing to write a song about, anyways. Death Leopard, High and Dry. Okay. For drugs and alcohol. Mm. Uh, Twisted Sister, We're Not Gonna Take It. For being We're violent. not gonna take it. Yep. It's the only one I can sing off the top of my head. Uh, rating for violent. To be just being rude. Just being rude and not <laughs> taking it. Excuse me, you must take it. I'm sorry, we asked you. We asked to you. have this. Take it. <laughs> uh, Madonna's Dress You Up. Dress you up in my love. <laughs> anyway, uh, for profane or sexually explicit. Not like a virgin. Maybe that wasn't out yet. They didn't include that one, okay. actually. Uh, Cindy Lauper, she bop, uh, profane or sexually explicit. She bop, she bop, she, she bobs and weaves. <laughs> she's bobbing and she's weaving. Uh, ACDC, let me put my love into you. Yeah, that one I could see. Profane or sexually explicit. Yeah, sure. Uh, Black Sabbath, trashed, drugs and alcohol. Yeah, I'd imagine. So. I mean, come on now. Uh, Mary Jane girls in my house. Profane or sexually explicit. Okay. And Venom possessed. Occult. We got another occult, people. So. Do you hear the ice cream truck? I do. (laughs) It's like the shadiest windowless van you've ever seen. Hopefully it'll come by the window so you can see. I would send maybe my worst nightmare to go get candy from this van because does he sell candy oh no no sorry ice cream <laughs> i was gonna say if he's i don't know candy i mean we're it's kind of very shady anyways super shady okay I probably won't be able to hear it either. um i know well the window's open i might be able to hear it Hopefully all it right so august 1985 19 record companies agreed to put parental guidance explicit lyrics labels on the album okay to warn so customers like of the lyrical content yeah. um and before the labels could be put into place, the Senate agreed to hold a hearing on this genre called porn rock. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Government got involved. Great. Always great when the government gets involved. Do you know what I think should have gotten involved instead? Is this woman sending her 11-year-old to the record store by herself to yeah. pick out this album yeah. that she thinks is, well, the has album- one sexual song? Was uh, Purple Rain, the oh, movie, see. the music to the motion picture. Sure, 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 sure. One of the... We know, we love. We love. It's bad movie, but great. It doesn't Great matter. soundtrack. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so it was that soundtrack is so what it's mean, on. Okay. So maybe she was at the record store with her. Could be. And be like, I want to do Purple Rain. And it was really, She's you know. Like, how about the, can that be? That's you're like, party pattern. like it's 1999, you know. <laughs> purple Rain. Okay. Don't know why it's raining purple, but okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, they had some supporting witnesses and opposing witnesses. Okay. So, one of the supporting w- witnesses was um, to support putting the labels on. Okay. Uh, was Paula Hawkins. Uh, she presented three record covers. 
Pyromania by Def Leppard, Wow by Wendy O. Williams, and Wasp by Wasp. Again, Wasp is back. And the music videos for Hot for Teacher by Van Halen and We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. Mm -hmm. Commenting, much has changed since Elvis's seemingly innocent times. They were all up on Elvis, too. He was gyrating his hips on TV. He was moving his hips. Gyrating. (laughs) Like a gyroscope. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Sub, sub subtleties, suggestions, and innuendo have gone has given way to overt expression and descriptions of often violent sexual acts, drug taking, and flirtations with the occult. Oh, How you doing, oh, girl? You come here, you come often? here often? Satan, come into my coven? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what shade of black is your lipstick? Uh, the record album covers, to me, are self-explanatory. Sure. I have seen my fair share of album covers in my life. Mm-hmm. They've got pictures. They have pictures. Uh, Susan Baker testified that there are certainly many causes for these ills in our society. <laughs> no. uh, but it's our contention that the pervasive messages aimed at children, which promote and glorify suicide, rape, sadomasochism, and so on, have to be numbered among the contributing factors. Okay. They are... Take down the youth of America. Because of their artists. Artists. I'm really hearing the ice cream man now. I I wonder if our mics are picking it up. I hope so. I really hope so. That would be fun. Uh, So the National PTA Vice President. You know it's bad when you get the Parent Teacher Association involved. Oh, yeah. You never want the PTA there. No, so many Karens. So many. (laughs) Uh, Vice President for Legislative Action. Her Mm -hmm. name was Millie. No. Uh, related the PTA's role in the debate, proposing printing the symbol R on the cover of recordings that contain explicit sexual language, violence, profanity, the occult, or glorification of drugs mm, and alcohol. To all of them. Again, Jake Juan, everybody in the club getting tips. <laughs> Big ol' R. Restricted. Restricted. Or whatever R means. And then uh, jo- Dr. Joe Stucy who was a music professor at the University of Texas at San Antonio, spoke regarding the power of music to influence behavior. Sure. This is not the first time that has been used. No, I imagine not. For, because something bad happened. Okay. Need I remind you of Columbine? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marilyn Manson was very much blamed for that. Any hoodles. Um, And then a child and adolescent psychiatrist, not a, she's not a child. Sure, sure, sure. He's an actor. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, a doctor show. <laughs> testified on um, basically that heavy metal at the time was presenting itself as a religion. Um, and it also oh stated gosh. that many adolescents read deeply into song lyrics. In a song lyrics, you can. Mm-hmm. You can take whatever you want out of a song. Unless so it's dumb. Taylor Swift, you pretty much know who she's talking about. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, give her back her scarf. Thank you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> we know you're listening. Thank big you. fan of the show. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake big Gyllenhaal, fan. Big fan. He does. He loves on this day. It's his favorite thing. He loves, his favorite to, he loves who R.I.P.'d. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's like, is it me? Is oh. it me? <sighs> All right, so now we're on to the opposing witnesses. Okay. Which, personally, are my favorite. Okay. Uh, so, music and producer Frank Zappa um, asserted Zappa. Zappa. That's a nice name. 
asserted that the PMRC proposal is an ill-conceived piece of nonsense which fails to deliver any real benefits to children, infringes on the civil civil liberties of people who are not children, and promises to keep the courts busy for years dealing with the interpretational and enforcemental Mm -hmm. problems inherent in the proposal's design. That makes a lot of sense. He's like, it's stupid. Like, who's to say what's... Yeah, who's... Sexual, and what's an innuendo, and yeah. what isn't. Who is co- who is the deciding factor yeah. on is the this song? Who gets to choose that? Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so the major record labels uh, need to have a... Um, any hoodles. Forget about that. Any <laughs> Zappa had an earlier state statement about the Senate's agreement to hold a hearing. So before the hearing, mm-hmm. when he didn't know he was going to be part of it, he's, he said, uh, a couple blowjobs here and there, and bingo, <gasps> you got a hearing. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Now, probably the le- the person you least expect oh. to be part of the opposing oh. witness, uh, John Denver. Okay. Uh, referred to the proposed labels as censorship and stated he was strongly opposed to the censorship of any kind in our society or anywhere else in the world. Um, and in his experience, censors, o- censors often misinterpret music, as was the case with his song, Rocky Mountain High. Okay. Apparently it was not about drugs. Sure? Was it, though? Have you ever been to Colorado? I have. <laughs> It's a very distinct scent. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weed there's happening. There's a lot of weed happening there. Uh, okay, but the, uh, just my, okay, maybe you can clear this up for yep. me. They're not saying they can't make those songs. Mm-hmm. They're just saying no one under 17 can buy them. Yes. So they're not, like, censoring them. Well, it's. Or is just the under I 17 th- age range, the people who buy most music. I think it's also the. Um, impression that someone is going to go in and like censor their music essentially like censoring their art like bleeping them out so they can sell it to exactly oh i see and like saying this song is way too violent yeah but this song's okay it's like he's like no i went to high school in the rocky mountain yeah my high school is called rocky mountain high (laughs) like hello Yes, we are. We're all high. We're all high, but that's the point not, of the song. That's not where we're going. Okay, got it. Um, so it kind of came down to like censorship. Mm-hmm. Was the big, the biggin, uh, and then D. Snyder, uh, who was the frontman and lead singer of Twisted Sister, oh. his song was on the Filthy Fifteen. Um, he felt that his um, music had been misinterpreted. Um, and he said that it like didn't. It's like no, that's not. It wasn't just violence at all. Extra fries. We just didn't want it. We weren't gonna take it. <laughs> I wasn't gonna have it anymore. <laughs> I took it once. I'm not taking it again. I don't want anymore. I had a tummy ache the I'm last time. I'm not gonna take it. You have it. Um. So it's a. And he said, and I quote. Um, the only sadomasochism, bondage, and rape in the song is in the mind of Miss Gore. Yeah. He further stated... They're the weird ones. Exactly. You're thinking this. Yeah. Weird didn't say anything. I didn't say that. You did. Miss Gore was looking for sadomasochism and bondage, and she found it. Mm. Someone looking for surgical references would have found it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about his song called Under the Blade, which was inspired by a band member's surgery, and <laughs> about the fear he imagined one would experience undergoing surgery 
Okay. It was not about no. any sexual thing. It was literally what someone going, no. <laughs> it wasn't the story of Tanya Harding. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, so on November 1st, 1985, before the hearing ended, okay. the uh, RIAA agreed to put the parental advisory labels on selected releases at their own discretion. Okay. Um, so the people that were opposed to it didn't win. No. Um, digital and so digital retailers. So once we kind of moved out of the world of CDs sure. into like the digital world, mm-hmm. um, they would flag tracks as explicit if they've been identified as such. Okay. So, like, that little E uh-huh. that's right next to it, that just yeah. means that it's explicit. You can do that on podcasts. Exactly. Um, and then this practice is now retroactively applied to tracks from albums that do oh. not or were released before the introduction okay. of the label. Uh-huh. Um, it's uncertain where that the uh they called it the tipper sticker <laughs> um is effective and preventing children from being exposed to the explicit content okay um some uh citing what's called the forbidden fruit effect mm. state that mm-hmm. the sticker in fact mm-hmm. increases record sure. sales yeah because if you if it's Ooh, if you tell someone to. they're not supposed to do something What's the first thing they're going to do? do it. They're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and said, for the most part, the sticker might even sell more records in some areas. All you've got to do is tell, some, tell somebody this is a no-no, mm-hmm. and that's what they're going to go do. Yeah. Uh, so in the 1990s, the now standard black and white warning label reading uh, parental advisory explicit lyrics was introduced and was to be placed on the bottom right-hand section of Mm -hmm. a given product. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first album to bear the black and white sticker Mm -hmm. um, was the 1990 release of the album Band in the USA by rap group Two Live Crew. Two Live? And by May 1992, approximately 225 records had been marked with the warning. Um... And the PMRC eventually grew to include 22 participants <laughs> before shutting down in the mid to late 1990s. Oh, my goodness. So it's no longer a thing, but we still live with the explicit content okay, warnings. Okay, so there are still the stickers. I haven't bought There's still the stickers. <laughs> stickers are still out there okay. on CDs. Um, at least I think they are. Again, I haven't bought a CD in forever. No, I don't think they um, exist. But... Oops. There, you can still find the little E next yeah. to anything that's deemed explicit. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting. Uh, Good job. The history of the parental advisory sticker. There we go. Tipping. Tipping. Tipper, I mean. Tipper, tipping. Tipper. Tip, tip, tipping. <laughs> Tipperoo. Tipperoonie. All right. I'm talking about Mary Mallon. Uh, she has an AKA, but I'm going to save it. As a surprise, <laughs> this was a listener suggestion. Ooh. The listener was my mom. <laughs> because at, when we went... Claire's mom, I'd like to apologize for what I just talked about. Um, <laughs> I said some naughty words. I'm sorry. Um, we were playing at Christmas that game I gave you for Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I like knew one of the answers. And they were like, how do you know? that i was like i don't know (laughs) whatever and my mom was like do a podcast about it okay so i'm doing it her name is mary mallon she was born in 1869 in cookstown 
County Tyrone in Ireland. Ireland. Uh, and this is one, at the time, of Ireland's poorest areas. Mm, potatoes. At the age of 15, she traveled by herself to start a new life in the U.S. Uh, in 1883. So remember, the potato famine. Potatoes. Was from 1845 to 1852. So people were just getting out of there. Oh, okay. Or dying. Yeah, let's <laughs> get out of here and find somewhere where they have some good taters. Some money, some taters. So short side I hear quest. Idaho is lovely this I time know, of the year. wonderful. I don't know if it existed yet. Well, so short side quests about the potato famine. So potatoes were actually introduced to Ireland. Did you just call it a side quest? I did. I love it. Um, introduced, <laughs> it was introduced to Ireland less than potatoes were. Less than it 100 is. years before the onset of the famine. Um, and in fact, only one kind of potato, known as the Irish lumper, <laughs> was grown there. <laughs> Um, but, you know, they're pretty easy to grow, and they soon became a staple food for especially poor people, which Mary and her family were. So, anyway, who doesn't love a potato? Oh. Oh, love like, a potato. It's the perfect root veg. <laughs> it's the perfect everything. Yeah, it's the perfect root veg. You can do so many things with it. It's diverse. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. It's a beautiful thing. Sorry. Okay. So, anyways, one factor um, of the famine was that in the years before the famine, Ireland saw a large population boom, mm-hmm. um, and both law and social traditions basically said that um, the father that owns the land had to split it equally between their sons, mm-hmm. um, and so, like, if you have an acre, for example, hopefully mm-hmm. they'd start out with more, but if you have an acre and then you have four sons, yeah. and then each of them have four sons, because we're talking Irish Catholics, they have tons of kids. They've got a lot of families. You basically end up with, like, one potato square each. Like, you each get one potato, so... A single potato. A single potato. One <laughs> Irish lumper for you! <laughs> one Irish lumper for you! <laughs> so. Treat him well. (laughs) That was part of the problem. And then also in about 1845, there was, which is the start of it, there was a fungus that killed potatoes that spread like wildfire throughout Ireland. Ireland. So everyone had their one potato and it was dead now. Oh. And also at the time, the British government, who Ireland was under, was like, well, we still want our usual amount of potatoes because we love chips. That's what they call fries. (laughs) So they're and chips also probably. I mean, those are crisps. Potato, yes, crisps and tots. Who doesn't love a tot? If you don't, if you hate tots, goodbye. Go away. (laughs) Okay, so this um, conversation is over. Goodbye. Goodbye. So basically, the potatoes they did have, they were expected to give to. Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And so a million people starved to death and a million more emigrated to America. Mm-hmm. So this is happening basically all of Mary's life. So she's like, I gotta go. And she hops on a boat by herself. Mm. Her aunt and uncle, though, they live in New York City, I'm sure, because they also fled. Um, and so when she gets there, she moves in with them. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was popular for single women um, who, like, weren't, I guess, from there, which not a ton of people were, it seems mm-hmm. like. But especially from Ireland to work as domestic servants. Um, Mary eventually made her living as a domestic service servant, and she proved adept in the kitchen. 
So she found her way into the homes of New York City's most affluent families Ooh. to cook for them. Ooh. So her time from 1900 to 1906 is really not well documented, um, but I do know that she was a cook for seven different families. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually read Anthony Bourdain wrote a book about her. Oh. So I read that today at work. <laughs> it's a short book, but it was pretty good. It was interesting. So at this point of time, 1900 to 1906, and also before and after, <laughs> the disease typhoid uh, was just blowing up everybody's spot. Wait, what was her name? Mary. <laughs> so I typhoid know where fever. We're going with this. <laughs> typhoid fever is the bacterial infection typically spread through food and water contaminated by Salmonella typhi. People who have it usually get a high fever, headaches, skin rashes, nausea, diarrhea, or it's yang to its yang constipation. <laughs> you get one or the other. Yeah. And you can't not have both. Or else you're just doing fine. <laughs> um, so it's most common in countries or places with poor sanitation and no access to clean water. Mm-hmm. It was viewed at the time as a disease of crowded slums associated with poverty and lack of basic sam- sanitation. So, mm. AKA, it's like poop and water or food mm. that you eat. Gross. Uh, the who um, the estimated that between 1906 and 1960, there was anywhere from 16 to 33 million cases of typhoid fever worldwide. The World Health Organization, yeah. not the band. No. I'm like, Roger Daltrey? Like, <laughs> she's going to think we're talking about the band because we were just talking about music. I'm like, who are you? Okay, so 16 to 33 million cases with um, 216,000 of them resulting in death. Mm. Okay, so this is where she is at. Um, She's, uh, so when she's at these seven different families, Mm -hmm. um, she kind of moves frequently because she would start working there. Mm -hmm. And then the household would get this terrible disease. And she was like pleasure doing business with you like i'm out i don't want that yeah i gotta go so she would leave the household before she got it and then she got really sick or died like she doesn't have any money to go for a doctor no no and like growing up during a potato famine like i'm sure she had you know zero nutrients and yeah not a great immune system i'm sorry you're sick Deuces. Bye. Also, being like coming from so poor and working for these rich families, it's like the rich man, It's like the rich man flu too. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, she's. And the other thing too, I've got to chill. Oh, I'm cold and I'm pooping. I can't stop pooping. <laughs> <laughs> but also, she spent her whole life with people just dying all around her. Oh, jeez. She's probably so. She's like, I'm, is it me? <laughs> Am I the problem? <laughs> I mean, with, like, people starving to death, you know, growing up. Yeah. With the potato famine. So, she's, like, used to probably not getting super attached and being, like, sensing danger and being, like, goodbye. Goodbye. Um, okay. So, anyways, this happens over and over again until she gets a new gig in 1906. Ooh. So, in 1906, she gets a job cooking for a wealthy banker called Charles Warren mm. and his household. He was the president of the Lincoln Bank. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means, he was loaded. Um, so this was a it was a good gig. These people Dropping were dollars. yeah super rich, um, and so they would spend summers vacationing in Long Island's Oyster Bay. Uh-huh. Okay, never been there. Me neither. 
It was just like just rich people. It was mm. just mm-hmm. all rich people. Teddy Roosevelt summer house, summer White House was there. Like oh. when he was in the White House, he would spend summers there. Uh, I don't know what it's like now, but it was rich then. Mm. So they're this family summering there, and they hire Mary to be their cook. And again, members of the family start getting really, really sick. Uh-oh. Six out of 11 people living and working in the house came down with typhoid fever. Um, which, by the way, there had never been any cases in mm-hmm. Oyster Bay before that. Mm. It's not a rich person disease. No. Rich people don't get it. Mm-hmm. So now... Six of the people in this house have it, and the landlord who's renting them the summer house is mm-hmm. like, it's going to smell like poor people. Like, no. I'm never going to be able to rent this house again. People are going to think it's filled with typhoid. They probably got the Moderna vaccine. <laughs> the poverty. The poverty. <laughs> so he hires a man named George Soper to determine <laughs> what I want. Soper, maybe? I know. I like Soper. I like Soper, too. Uh, also, she lived in Cooksville or whatever. <laughs> She's a cook, get it? George Soper. Uh, okay, so she, they hired the landlord hired George Soper to determine what was causing the rich people to get the poor person disease. Okay. So George, he was a civil engineer by training, but he had somehow become an expert in sanitation. Okay. He had well, pre- last name like Soper. You got to. I mean, it comes with territory. <laughs> uh, he didn't. <laughs> he was just like, my name's Soper. They're like, get yeah. in there. Sudsy. <laughs> Sudsy. <laughs> Um, he, is my dog says he. <laughs> previously and my daughter Lufa. Oh, oh, that's cute. The daughter's <laughs> name is Lufa. Okay, he'd been previously hired by the state of New York to investigate disease out- outbreaks, and he was known as an epidemic fighter. Does he look like Mr. Clean? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Um, so he was known as an epidemic fighter, which is a super boring comic book character, but. Ultimately, it probably saved a lot of lives. So, in this year, 1906, George reported that 639 people had died of typhoid in New York alone. And this was in the summer, so there was like five more months for people to die. Yeah. So, George, uh, he tests all the plumbing in the house. Remember, it usually comes from poop water. Mm -hmm. Nope, not the cause. He tests the local shellfish supply. Uh, Nope, not that. He tests the dairy. Nope. He asked them, like, did somebody that turned out to be sick come visit you? They were mm-hmm. like, no, mm-mm, nothing. Um, and the incubation period for typhoid fever is about 10 to 14 days. Mm-hmm. So George was asking about, like, was there anyone there 10 to 14 days before you guys got sick? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, well, about that time we got a new cook, Mary. But she left. Like, three weeks after people started getting sick because she Mm -hmm. didn't want to get sick, like, obviously. And so George's eyes, they got real wide, and he's like, a clue. (laughs) (laughs) He said, this is weird, so I put it in. He said, quote, it's like finding a goldfish in your milk. It doesn't prove anything, but it's mighty suspicious. I feel like that's that, the most incredible saying. Of you all know time. what? That is mighty suspicious. I love it. If there was a goldfish in my milk, I'd be like, wait a second. There's nothing wrong with this. <laughs> but kind of. But there's also nothing right. <laughs> I'm very confused. How did you get here? <laughs> I don't even have a goldfish. I didn't even think they could live in milk. I mean, Penny? Is it a lie? <laughs> was that you? He didn't specify. Okay, so. Uh, so their house was super clean and Mary was basically the only new thing that came into their mm-hmm. environment. Um, 
but she didn't get sick and now she was gone. Um, she was described by the family as quote, a pretty good cook, but not particularly clean in her work habits. Oh, that'll do it. But remember, this is the early 1900s. Like no one was particularly clean. Bathing regularly was still fairly new. And so was indoor plumbing. Like Mm. hand washing. Who's she? Don't know her hand sanitizer. (laughs) Uh, the other thing. Wasting the good alcohol. Yeah, for real. The other thing too is that people got typhoid from the water. And so people were a little bit afraid of it. Like water? Yeah. Because that's how you get typhoid too. It's Mm. like drinking bad water and you also get uh like a bunch of other stuff from it. They don't have water processing like they used. Uh, or like they Filtration? Do purification. Yeah. Purification. Pasteurization. No, that's milk. Processing. Let's keep it vague. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, she didn't wash her hands. So he started, George started looking into Mary's background and he saw that every single family that, like the wealthy families in New York that had employed Mary had a trail of infected people in every single home. Ooh. All in all, 22 people. In the homes that she had worked for had become infected. One of which even died. Ooh. Um, so, uh, she didn't wash her hands. That's been established. Mm-hmm. Um, We've established her lack of hand washing. But the weird thing was that if the food that she was serving that was cooked, it would have been, if it was cooked thoroughly, it would mm-hmm. have killed off the bacteria that causes typhoid. Unless she, like, breathed on it. <laughs> Um, but then after asking around all these families, they realized that Mary's like signature dish was ice cream served with slices of raw peaches. Mm. They're like, none of that is cooked. None of that's cooked, especially her. Why did it have to be the dessert? I know. It's always got to be the dessert. (laughs) I can't be like that. The soup appetizer (laughs) or the salad. Come on. The cold soup. Yeah. The cold soup. So George. The epi- epidemic finder. After a few months, he finally tracks down Mary, and she's working at a Park Avenue home. And we know from Monopoly, Park Avenue is expensive. Uh-huh. So that was another rich family. Um, and they also have a couple of cases of typhoid. Oh, Mary. So she gets up. There's something about Mary. <laughs> so he goes up to Mary. He, like, knocks on the door uh, and confronts her. And remember, Mary never had typhoid. You got the typhoid, girl. She, like, got out before she had any symptoms. She's gotten lucky. Eight Mm -hmm. eight different families worth. So when George confronts her, she's like, what are you talking about? Like, you're insane. Okay, we're good. Sorry. What's happening? No, I just kind of... Hold on. Sorry about that. (laughs) That's okay. Now your pods wanted to connect. Okay. So she's like, How? How? I've never had it. I can't spread it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, I mean, maybe, but let's just test it. Like, can I have some of your fecal matter to test? I need your poo. And she's like, absolutely not. Give me that poo. Like, and then she chases him out of the kitchen. Her kitchen her uh, that she's working with in with a carving fork. She's like, get <laughs> out of here. You can't just have my poo. No. And that is rude. If someone shows up to your workplace and asks for poo, and asks for poo, it's absolutely within your rights to chase them away with a carving fork. Specifically, just the carving fork. And he's not even a doctor. A spatula would do no good. <laughs> I mean, whatever you've got nearby. I mean, 
A carving fork is a little more like, you mean sure. business, but, you know, spatula. I would have to use one of those envelope openers, you know, the ones that look like tiny swords. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not pooping in your cup. I will Get not poop for you. Here. Um, so anyways, she chases him off. Mm-hmm. Another thing to keep in mind is, especially during the 1800s, but trickling into the early 1900s as well, is people hated Irish immigrants for some reason. I don't know why. But on yeah, ads yeah, for, yeah. like, help wanted ads, basically, a lot Irish of them need not apply. would start with, like, the big, like, size 70 font. Hmm. No Irish need apply. Yeah. Um, and so, George, he was not that great of a guy. He was trying to solve, you know epidemics or whatever Mm. but he was also sexist and probably hated irish people and on a mission to like prove that he was the smartest white i need your poo i need your poop so um he follows her home on several occasions oh geez he finds out that she has like a housemate could be boyfriend could be uh just man that lives in the same house as her um and he like goes to the bar that the housemate goes to and gets him drunk and like tricks him into letting George into the house and waits at the top of the stairs for Mary. So she can go poop? So, she, so he can get her poop, yeah. And but Mary, she God bless her. She's an Irish woman. She you know she's there. gonna be swearing, she's gonna be throwing fists. Yeah. She's not throwing bows, it from baby. George and so George he like kind of runs away. Chasing him with that carpet fork again. And then finally, he's like, well, you listen, I'm not actually a doctor, and I'm also not a detective. I'm just a creep that wants, wants your poop. I'm just a poop collector. I just collect poop. <laughs> a wannabe poop collector. He doesn't even get it. I have a museum of so, poop. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> um, so he he finally calls the proper authorities. Uh, well, finally. So they, the proper authorities, hire a Dr. Josephine Baker, mm-hmm. who was an up-and-coming advocate of hygiene and public health. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was actually the first woman to earn a doctorate in public health. So, mm-hmm. snaps for Dr. Josephine Baker. Anyways, so she goes to talk to Mary, and Mary's like, no, like, you're friends with the poop guy. I'm not doing it. Anyone can wear a white coat. He's like, weird. He, he just wants my poop. Why does he so obsessed with my poop? So, um... How many times do you think we've said poop in this oh, episode? too many. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and also, remember, she didn't think that this was possible. She's never no. had typhoid before. No. Why would her poop have typhoid in it? Yeah. Uh, so... And, and she's probably feeling guilty. Like, all these sick people and dead people are my fault. Like, I wouldn't I'm give really my not poop giving you my poop. Yeah. So, um, finally, Dr. Josephine, she came with five policemen. And Mary, she, like, opens the door and sees it's them and, like, immediately closes no. it. But <laughs> one of the officers stuck, it, stuck his foot in the door. And so Mary, like, runs out the back. She hides for a long time. Uh, finally, they find her, and she just went kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. But they got her. Mm-hmm. Um so they brought her to a hospital, and it was there that she would test positive as a carrier for Salmonella typhi, mm. the bacteria that causes typhoid. So she was quarantined in a small house on the hospital premises, which is located on North Brother Island, mm. which is a 16-acre teeny tiny island off the Bronx shoreline okay. in New York. 
and within sight of Rikers Island. Oh. Uh, which, it wasn't a jail yet, but mm-hmm. still. Um, she was housed in a small bungalow situated at the southern end of the island. It contained a living room, a kitchen, and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And she only had a fox terrier as a friend. Oh, Why she had a friend? She did. Have a Who donkey. didn't want to collect her poop? He probably would like to smell it, though. Probably. So... The newspapers, of course, got a hold of her story and dubbed her Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary. (laughs) Um, In 1909, she sued the New York City Department of Health, um, and the case was brought to the Supreme Court. Her lawyer argued that she had been imprisoned without due process. Uh, She technically wasn't in a prison. She was just quarantined permanently. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like, you can't just lock her up and throw away a key without a trial or Mm -hmm. any, like public opinion whatsoever um which they're like fair enough so she was freed early the following next year Mm -hmm. um by the city's new health commissioner only if she agreed to not get a cooking job Mm, you can't be a cook for goodness sake do anything else so she signs an affidavit saying fine fine i won't cook um okay but remember (laughs) (laughs) this is 1909 so or 1910, I guess, at this time. Yeah. Um, we have an unmarried woman, now uh-huh. in her 40s. Mm-hmm. She's obviously Irish because she has an accent. Uh-huh. Um, she has no family, no money. She has nothing. She's and now she's scrappy. a social outcast. People drew her picture and put it in the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knew undisputably, undisputedly now that she, that she spread typhoid everywhere. Um, so she kind of flies under the radar for mm-hmm. a few years mm-hmm. until oh. in 1915, George, the epidemic writer, gets called to a maternity hospital that had a typhoid outbreak where there were 25 people who were sick. George was like, oh, is there anyone named Mary Malone here? And they're like, oh, no, no. Typhoid Mary? No, we'd never hire her. No. Who's she? No way. Uh, there is a Mary Brown, though, and she's the cook. <laughs> So that shocker. That was I our bet girl. She's the same one. That was Typhoid Mary. Um, Mary, she, dang Mary, it! I know it's hard out there though. So it's hard out there for Typhoid Mary. <laughs> typhoid Mary, um, because she couldn't stop cooking. In March 1915, she was sent back to North Brother Island, uh, where she remained for the next quarter of a century. Until she died. I mean, when you gotta cook, you gotta cook. You gotta yeah, you have a passion. It's a passion. During her employment as a cook, she spread typhoid to at least 51 people, three of which died, although those numbers are probably much higher since the time between her release, 1909 and 1915. She was working various cooking jobs as well under different um, fake names, mm. etc. Based on confirmed fatalities, typhoid Mary was not actually even the most lethal character of the typhoid germ in New York City's history. In 1922, New Yorker Tony LaBella, Tony. a food worker, reported the caused two outbreaks that combined for more than 100 cases and five deaths. Oof. But Mary was the first person to be identified as an asymptomatic carrier of a pathogen um, and the legacy of typhoid. Mary, as an asymptomatic vessel for the disease, led to the theory of super spreaders that has surfaced in disease of outbreaks of ever since. And that's we know her from COVID. We know her from COVID. And that's thanks to Mary. Mary. 
She was forced to only cook for herself until her death on November 11th, 1938, when she was 69 years old. Hey, hey. Episode 69. Uh, so I looked up North Brother Island. I was like, okay, so this is where they banished people. I bet it's, like, worth billions of dollars Yeah. Um, so, but no. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> it was abandoned in 1963 after a failed stint as a drug rehab center. Yep. And it's actually illegal to visit without permission. And yep. it looks super haunted with all these dilapidated <gasps> buildings. Which makes, which, if we learned one thing from... Makes us want to go. The PMRC. <laughs> if you tell us no, we want to go. <laughs> we want to do it. If you tell us no, we will go. All right, that's Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary. Good one. Thank you. April 12th. April 12th on this day. You want me to go? Sure. All right. 1811. Yeah, girl. First U.S. colonists on the Pacific Coast arrive at Cape Disappointment, Washington. Ooh, ooh, that's my middle name. Disappointment? No, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I thought it was Kermit. (laughs) Yeah, that is my middle name. Um, I've been there. It was great. I... I'm was, just wondering why they call it Cape ooh, Disappointment. I actually do know. Oh, do tell. they traveled all that way. Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Heard of him. Heard of him. Merriweather. And they're like, yay, we made it. And it was just like the rainiest, <laughs> coldest <laughs> situation they'd ever been in. Yeah. And they're like, this is it. Yeah, the, we're disappointed. And it was a big disappointment. Oh. I went to the museum there. Oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. Look at you all cultured. I, I know. I stayed in the lighthouse keeper's home for a weekend. She's cultured. I know. She has culture and grace. <laughs> and her middle name is Kermit. Uh, Kermit D. Frog. Kermit D. Frog here. Uh, 1861, mm-hmm. Fort Sumter in South Carolina is attacked by the Confederacy, beginning the American Civil War. Oh, boy. Spoilies doesn't go well for the South. <laughs> Uh, 1877, the catcher's mask is first used oh, in a smart. baseball game. Smart. I guess someone got hit in the face How a few times. teeth <laughs> fell And out. we're like, you know, a mask would be helpful. You know what? I have a great you know, idea. Let's, yeah, let's just put some over my face, <laughs> maybe. Um, but they also weren't throwing that fast in those times, That's probably. That's true. They didn't have steroids. They did not have the words. <laughs> Uh, 1950 protein. <laughs> Creatine. Uh, 1955, the polio vaccine tested by Jonas Salk announced to be safe and effective and is given full approval by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Yay, no more iron lungs. No more polio. Iron lungs look like the scariest thing. Kind of, but they also look comfortable. No. What if you have to go potty? I'm assuming there's a way. There's a catheter. There's a catheter. I'd rather not be in one. Thank you, polio vaccine. Uh, 1961, Russian cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin becomes the first person to orbit Earth. Yay! Did you know uh, he died only seven years later in a plane crash? Oh! And his ashes are in the walls of the Kremlin. The Kremlin? (laughs) Heard of her? (laughs) Putin? We did many an episode about Putin. We know we know about the Kremlin now. We know about the Kremlin. Yuri's ashes are there. Uh, 1982, Euro Disney or Disneyland Paris Ooh-hoo. opens in France. Not in Paris. <laughs> Not in Paris. In Marne-le-Vallée. Oh, nailed it. Thank you. I took a few days of Duolingo, Duolingo. French. Duolingo. Unsha, which Ooh. is the cat. Oui. 
Eh oui. Ah, bonjour. Bonjour. <rire> C'est ça. That's it. Okay. Um, 1980, no, 1892, a patent for the first portable typewriter was issued. Yeah. Congratulations. Here we go. 1988, my year of birth. Your year of birth. Harvard University patents a genetically engineered mouse, which I'm deeply uncomfortable with. I don't want genetically engineered mice. I don't. In any way, shape, or form. No, I don't want regularly engineered mice. <laughs> I don't want God-engineered mice. I don't want mice. <sighs> and then in 2009, Captain Phillips, you know, I'm the captain now. Yeah. That, uh, Tom Hanks movie called Captain Phillips. Anyways, uh, they get held hostage by Somali pirates Ooh, today. Ooh, Somali and pirates week. 2009. Wee. That's all. That's all. All right. May they R.I.P. They may. Uh, 1912, Clara Barton, woo, woo, woo. who was the American nurse and founder of the American Red Cross. She died in 90. Yeah, of tuberculosis. Oh, nuts. Of the tuberc. The TB. The tuberculosis. The consumption. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1945, Franklin Roosevelt, the 32nd U.S. president, dies in office. With the war almost won of Not stroke. Quite. Harry Truman becomes president. He does. That that's all I have. I have one more. Harvey Ball, in 2001, Ooh. he was the American inventor and designer of the popular smiley face graphic. <gasps> I assume the yellow one. I'm thinking it's the yellow one. You know the one that uh, Forrest Gump makes yeah. when he's running? <laughs> <laughs> birthday! Happy birthday! Uh, 1916, Beverly Cleary. Bev. American Newbery Medal winning author of children's and young adult fiction. She wrote the Ramona Quimby series. Okay. Um, 1947, David Letterman. Sure. Uh, apparently, I really like David Letterman because I put him twice. <laughs> He's so nice. You so mentioned him twice. I put him there twice. <laughs> Still born 1947. Uh, Still his birthday. Yay. Yay. 1957, Vince Gill. A country singer. Okay. Popular in the 90s. Sure. Uh, 1979, Claire Danes, mm-hmm. American actress yeah. from Romeo and Juliet. She oh. played Juliet. Oh, she with, died. Alongside Leo DiCaprio. You know him. Uh, 1987, Brendan Urie, the lead singer of Panic at the Disco. Panic! Which is the only thing I will do at a disco is Panic. <laughs> yeah, same. Because there's a lot of people. <laughs> Too many. And very loud music. <laughs> Uh, and then 1994, Saoirse Ronan, Amer- oh, I was Irish- hoping you had that one because I did not know how to say her name. Saoirse. <laughs> okay. Um, because I saw a art, uh, interview she did, and they were like, they're like, how do you say your name? <laughs> like, how do you say it? And she goes, it's Saoirse like inertia. Oh, okay. It's so S- I was like, ah. S-A-O-R-I-S-E. The, the Irish Sarsha. have the weirdest names. Is it? So it's... um. Gaelic, probably? Yes. Okay. They have, I mean, and I'm going to say weird, because in, in... You're right. You're a Sullivan. You can say whatever I mean, you I want about what the I, Irish. I can say whatever I want. Um, there's just some of the names. It's like, you look at it, and it's like, that's not how you spell tig. Well, Ishka, which means water, which is also Penny's middle name, mm-hmm. is U-I-S-C-E. It's Ishka. Yeah. It's like... It's insanity. It's insanity. <laughs> It's like Siobhan is spelled with a B. Bivon? Siobhan. <laughs> a bivon. A bivon. <laughs> it's 
like it's like they put letters into a hat and like shook it up and we're like <laughs> this means that this means there's no reason uh, this anyway, is Anne. Anyway, she's from the, the new Little Women, Lady Bird, and she's in Lovely Bones too, right? Is yeah. that the same girl? Uh, maybe. But she was born in the Bronx. Cool. I thought she was born in Ireland. Could have fooled yeah. me. Oh, yeah, same. I'm fooled. Okay, in 1932, I have Tiny Tim. <gasps> Tiny Tim. Who, fun fact, was actually 6'1". <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they called him Tiny Tim. I don't know either. Didn't he tiptoe through the tulips? Oh, uh-huh, he did, yeah. Uh, 1943, Robert Durst... Heard of him. Heard of him. Heard of him. I gotta finish the jinx. You haven't I was, watched no, it? No. I had watched it when it first came out. I was doing a rewatch. Oh, a rewatch. Okay. okay I hadn't okay, seen okay, it in a long okay. time. Yeah, I watched it when it first came out, too. Yeah. Mm, you know, at least. I think everyone ago, did. Seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, 1946, Ed O'Neill. Hold on. It keeps wanting to, like, pair with my AirPods, Stop which are it. in We're my bag. Doing this. Thing. Oy. Continue. Okay. Uh, Ed O'Neill, who's the like the the patriarch of in Modern Family, like the oh okay, the, old, yeah, yeah. the oldest. Isn't he Al one. Bundy from Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. I was gonna say Ted Bundy, and my like, no, not Ted <laughs> Bundy. Uh, and then 1947, Tom Clancy, author. Heard of him? Author wrote some books. And also in 1979, Jennifer Morrison, who is. Um, in Once Upon a Time, did you ever watch that show? <gasps> yeah, yeah, wasn't she? She's like the main yeah, blonde girl. Yeah, yep, 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 mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. She's Can't in remember other things too. Her name's Jennifer Morrison. Oh, no, oh, no, no, oh, oh, in, oh. in the show. Yeah, yeah. She's also I, in House. Okay. Because I love House. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Dr. House. Love him. He's grumpy. He's a you grumpy like guy. I love, <laughs> I love grumps. Bring me the grumps. <laughs> okay, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got too. Uh... Next week. Next week. It's going to be fun. It's going to be chaotic. We're both going to be It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be very silly. It's going to be chaotic. I have a feeling. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be able to do any research before, so I might just show up and... Emily will do it. And speak. That's how I've lived my entire life, Emily will do it. speak things that (laughs) might not be true. Probably won't be. But I will say them with conviction like they are true. And I won't apologize for and it. And listen, I won't know the difference. That's the whole point. <laughs> That's the whole point of the thing. <laughs> so, okay. Alrighty. Well, we will see. We will. No, we won't see you because we'll can't talk see to you. We'll talk to you next, you next week. week. Okay. Love you, Mina. Bye. Love you, Mina. Bye. Hey.